count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Who's in Why Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I'm Josh Y, and as for the, I think, third week in a row now, uh, RJ Ochoa is the guest host of the show. He's the host of Ocho Live. He works for ESPN San Antonio. He's a writer for Blogging the Boys, and he's also a fellow Survivor lover, uh, the best reality show of all time. Um, am I right, RJ? You are right. Um, I wish that, you know, that I had a, an opportunity to grab a torch uh, to dip it in and get fire because that's part of the ritual at tribal council is fire represents life. So, yeah. uh, that is all true. Have you ever, have you ever applied for survivor? I have not. Uh, I've got a good friend, uh, a good buddy that I've heavily encouraged him to, he would do really well on it. Um, and so I would like to live my dream through him. Uh, but I have not, but I'm, I'm deep into it. I listen to Rob has a podcast and, and all that jazz. Um, I, I know, a, a, a friend, uh, and her cousin is actually Kim Spradlin. So that's my sort of claim to fame. There you go. I feel like I would either be the first person eliminated or I would go very, very far. I don't think there's any leeway in between any of that. I think you would go very far. And I think you would be the person that is um, when you do sort of the the confessionals, you know, the little recordings or whatever, you would be like on a rock. You know what I mean? You would be perched on a rock, somewhat intense, but but – Relax at the same time. Yeah, I think I would, and I'd be uh, I'd be wheeling and dealing. I think uh, I would suck at challenges, though. I am so unathletic. I I played a, a three on three basketball tournament with some uh, friends on Twitter uh, in the city on Sunday, and I'm still recovering. It's Wednesday, and my um, feet are still bandaged up with blisters, and I'm walking around like an old man. I'm I'm only 27 years old, and I feel 75. It's ridiculous. Hey, I mean, you know, sometimes that happens. So you got to go on Survivor and uh, and get yourself back into shape. Yeah, well, I think Survivor might be a way for me to to lose weight for my wedding, like a good wedding diet. If I just thirty seven days on Survivor, um, if I win, I could fund the wedding, and then I'd actually be really super skinny. So that could be that could be a benefit. Maybe I should give that a holler and give that a try. But before I do all of that, we've got to get through the rest of this season. Week fourteen is in the books. The playoff picture is becoming clearer in that teams are dropping out, but it's also becoming somehow murkier at the same time as uh, new teams present themselves or have renewed hope. Um, we'll get into all of that, but uh, I've got to remind everyone about the Lunar Bowl at Lunar Park this year at the Big Top, um, our Super Bowl event that we run with Lunar Park Sydney. So please check out Lunar Bowl. Just Google Lunar Bowl 2 um, and check that out. $150 for a ticket, but you get four and a half hours of beer, American Food Buffet, big screens, entry to the theme park, all that sort of stuff. Please check out uh, the Lunar Bowl. We've also got Fantasy Leagues. The Wooten Wife Fantasy Leagues are in are in the first, or now we're approaching the second week of the playoffs. Uh, we made the playoffs in all four of our leagues. We were harshly eliminated in two by big margins. Uh, we had the buy in the other, and we escaped through in another. So two out of four into the semifinals. So bring it on. If you're, if you're playing us this week, 
up the bants on Twitter. Uh, RJ, let's talk week 14. What was your favorite moment from week 14 or favorite thing from week 14? I have to go with a rarity. Um, well, not a rarity for LaShawn McCoy, but the snow game was yeah. fantastic. And I feel like – I know this sounds weird. I feel like it enhanced the picture, if that makes sense. Like the HD became more HD because of the, the snow surrounding them. I don't, I don't know why that happened. I don't know what effect that is, but it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. And it made that game actually watchable because Nathan Peterman versus uh, the 2017 Colts was very, very far – down on my watchability rating or or index or what I wanted to see in week 14, but it it became an instant classic, um, and it was a fun game. Um, I loved all the Star Wars and Game of Thrones memes that uh, that the listeners and and the Bills Twitter uh, threw up on uh, on Twitter. It was it was great. I feel like though the Colts were given an enormous competitive advantage um, with, with this with the snow. Obviously, I mean they're probably the only team that goes with a complete all-white uniform that's not a color rush, you know, at any point. And in that, I mean, they were invisible. I mean, they really were uh, in, in certain angles. I think that's impressive. Yeah, I do love Adam Vinatieri missing two field goals in the snow, but manages to kick them uh, when it helps the Patriots in the playoffs um, all those years ago. I find <laughs> that uh, very funny. But my favorite thing was probably Josh Gordon catching his first touchdown since 2013, it was an absolute stunning pass as well. Um, and just the fact that he hasn't really missed a step whatsoever in coming back after his long delay. Um, he's one of the best stories of the year, and I, I'm really happy to see him playing very, very well. I agree. I wonder what the Browns' record is uh, between his, his touchdowns. Also, kind of amazing that the last time he caught a touchdown, Hugh Jackson wasn't even their coach. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's it is. <laughs> such a long like and he's still only 26 years old like he's been at the game for like two and a half years and he's still in his prime <laughs> like it's just ridiculous all right let's uh let's move on talking tidbits a couple of tidbits before we move on to the three-point stance the patriots signed kenny Britt to a two-year contract because of course they do i called it last week it was the writing was on the wall you knew it was going to happen they signed kenny Britt. This, um, I remember, you know, talking about Josh Gordon when Kenny Britt was released. A lot of people said this, but the first tweet I saw about this was yours. Um, and I think yours was something to the effect of, oh, I can't wait till Kenny Britt catches a touchdown in the Super Bowl for the Patriots. And it is just, it is really sad how predictable that is. Um, he is Michael Floyd 2.0. Yeah, I, 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 there's no rule against all of this, but it does irk me that bad behavior is being rewarded by the Patriots. It, it, it's it's not like it's... They're not breaking any rules or there should be a rule implemented or anything like that. But I just find it annoying that, you know, some really great players out there, such as Larry Fitzgerald, can't win a Super Bowl ring. But Kenny Britt, who just quits on his team, and Michael Floyd, who could have killed someone drink driving, gets rewarded with a Super Bowl ring here in being picked up by the Patriots so late in the season. Um, it, it's something that really annoys me. I don't know if there can be anything done or should be anything done. It just it just irks me that that type of behavior and attitude gets rewarded. It's, um, I mean, but how do you, rewarded is just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I just find it amazing that nobody calls them on that. You know, that, that everybody just kind of bends the knee to it. You know, who's to stop the Bills from claiming Kenny Britt? 
you know, who, or, or to, to bringing him in. I mean, who's to stop anyone from, mm. you know, sort of having any involvement or any effort? It's just it's almost uh, an allowed and accepted practice at this point. Yeah, it is crazy. And I said this in free agency when 31 other teams let Rex Burkhead become a Patriot. Like, why is no one else picking up any of these players and allowing the Patriots to just just grab them and, and take full advantage of them? Um, I'm not in saying that. I don't think Kenny Britt's gonna gonna help them, but you, he'll catch a pass to to help them win a playoff game. I just I just know it'll happen. He will. It'll be sort of. Um, I don't know. I don't remember who it was that broke up the Lee Evans um, pass in Baltimore or, the, or in New England against Baltimore. You remember that uh, was the 2011 yeah. AFC Championship game. I don't know who that corner was. In fact, um, maybe I, I forget. I, I maybe it was Sterling Moore. Now that I think about it, it was Sterling. But either Moore. way, it was. Yeah, either way, he'll have a Sterling Moore type play, like yep. one of those. Just like you're saying, one of those plays. Maybe it's not even a touchdown, but he'll have a third down conversion or something that that seals something yeah. incredibly important, like a Jared Cook for the Packers last year. Why would you do that? What the hell? I thought we were bros. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother. Uh, all right, moving on. The uh, NFL spokesperson Joe Lockhart told reporters during a Monday press conference call that the league has initiated a joint investigation with the NFL PA in the handling of Tom Savage's concussion. Um, he said the work started yesterday afternoon and continued into this morning, but I think we'll withhold further comments until we've had a chance to conduct the review and again uh, talk with the NFL. Um, he says that we believe strongly that the protocol is an important part of our overall effort on protecting our players' health and safety, but we do understand that it is our obligation to look at where the protocol may have not have been followed and just importantly to see where the protocol can be improved. This is one of the more embarrassing concussion incidences of this season. I feel like the NFL is, is either insanely arrogant or they think that we're insanely stupid. And so to assume that they're arrogant would at least lend to the notion that they think not incredibly low of us. And these things are just are so easily avoidable. It's actually difficult to have this be an issue. You know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah. It's it's difficult to achieve this level of uh, ignorance or incompetence, whatever you want to call it. This was terrifying what happened to Tom Savage. Yeah, it was bad. It, he was shaking. It was having like a seizure it was unbelievable i do i do agree a lot with what you just said i thought you nailed that 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 first line that you said it's it's crazy that the nfl keeps trying to lead us on that this game is safe it's it's not safe we know it's dangerous we know that the head injuries are not great but like just accept that that's the fact and then and try and come up with better protocols so this stuff doesn't happen because it's like the third or fourth time this season um the russell wilson one as well comes to mind Look, I know the quarterback's an, uh, an important part of the game, one of the most crucial, but you can't keep throwing players back into the game like this. It's I, I thought Bill O'Brien handled this very well. Yeah. Um, he, he, he sort of and, – and I think a lot of Bill O'Brien, and I think he's handled a lot of bad things very well. But he sort of kind of laid all his cards out on the table. He explained what the process is like for him. He defended the Texans medical staff and and everybody involved. And I thought that that was noble because Bill O'Brien assumes that we have at least the bare minimum level of intelligence. And, you know, this is we haven't gotten to this point, but I feel like the NFL is going to massively overcorrect at some point. And we do have, obviously, where referees and officials will pull players that they suspect might be dealing with a concussion. I've been – I don't want to say been waiting, but I've been waiting for for a moment where 
you know, let's just say the two point conversion when the Patriots were down 26, 28 in Super Bowl 51 and the refs want Tom Brady checked out. What happens then? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, yeah. what, what happens in that moment? Yeah. That's it'll, it'll take a play like that. That'll change the whole entire protocol. I think that's, that's an off season topic. I think, I think that's an owner's meeting, um, competition committee type topic because that, that is something that, that can change the course of an, of an entire season. But then also the protocol is there for player safety because this game is dangerous and, Anything we can do to just minimize that damage to a player, we need to prioritize. It's, um, I mean, it's obviously of critical importance, but this was just yeah. what an ugly flub. It, it reminds me of, I think it was the season finale two years ago, the the Case Keenum play as a member of the Rams. I think it was against uh, the 49ers maybe, but where he, he literally was concussed in there battling for them. It was yeah. insane. Mm. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Three-point stance. All right, three-point stance this week. There's a lot of talk about it. It's, it's hard to narrow it down to three topics because um, that Saints-Falcons game feels like forever ago right now. Um, week 14 was um, – it wasn't filled with great sort of laugh-out-loud moments or like crazy moments of the other weeks, but there was just a, a, a lot of really, really, really good football games. That's true. I mean, it's um, it was a great Sunday. Uh, I think uh, one that we'll remember for a while, um, but goodness gracious. All right, and the first uh, three-point stance topic is, can the Eagles win it all without Wentz? Um, that is the question. It was one of the most entertaining games of the season. The Eagles pulled out a 43-35 to victory over the Rams. They clinched the division with that, and they are now the, the favorite for the number one seed. So Wentz will be out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL, just a brutal year for injuries to, to young star players. And now the Eagles hand the offense over to Nick Foles. It is a dark day for the Eagles. I mean, quite a dark day. It's hard to imagine a darker day, honestly. I mean, it is, uh, it's quite a tough pill to swallow. As a Cowboys fan, this reminds me of four years ago when Tony Romo broke his back in Washington and threw the game-winning touchdown to DeMarco Murray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the following day, everybody thought he was okay, and then turns out he wasn't. And he had to play, you know. He had to miss the season finale, which was ironically against Nick Foles and, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. Um, this is, I mean, this is just—I can't even quantify how devastating this is yeah. for 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 Carson for the Eagles. I mean, I I think they could have won the Super Bowl, yeah, and, I agree and now, with that. and and you you're looking at a situation that ripples into 2018 because I mean, it's fair to say maybe he misses what two weeks to start next season. I mean, that is just such a horrible hand to be dealt. Yeah, it's it's just insane. And I agree with you. I, I think they could have won the Super Bowl with, with the way that Wentz is playing and their roster. And they have a they have a great roster. And Wentz, you know, was the difference maker in a lot of these teams because the Vikings and, and teams like that have a great roster as well. But Wentz can, can do these plays that Nick Foles cannot do. Avoid pressure. Um, you know, and, and turn it into points or first downs or or large chunk yardage, and that's kind of the play where he did the ACL was was one of those things in, in terms of you know getting out of the pocket and scrambling um, and and making things work in any way, shape, or form. And Nick Foles he averaged four point two yards per attempt on ten passes. But look, this offense is schemed well. It's 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 got a very efficient running game with with the four running backs in Clement. Ajayi, Blount, and Smallwood. 
Um, they do have the Giants and Raiders over the next two weeks, so that can that could be a big help for Nick Foles while he finds his feet and they they work out a game plan to to walk to work around that. But you got to look at their team as well. They they have the one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're third ranked in DVOA, fifth in pass defense, fourth in rush defense, the twelfth in special teams. But their O line and D line is what have won them games and won them the game late against the Rams. Their D line is first in stopping the run, fifteenth in the pass, and then their O line is sort of top 20 in the league, the 18th in run blocking. It's taken a bit of a hit after losing Peters, but they're still 14th in pass protection. So they have a great roster. I just don't know if they can win the Super Bowl without Wentz. I tell you what, I think it's all going to sort of depend on the luck of the draw. And I think the Eagles still probably ultimately get a first-round bye. And I think if in the divisional round they draw, say, the Vikings, you know, or, or one of these NFC teams that doesn't really have a star quarterback, which now obviously includes them, I, I think even the Rams, I, I would say, they can beat certainly in Philadelphia. They just beat them in L.A. Yep. I think if that's who they draw in the divisional round, I think they can get to the NFC championship. But and that's sort of what makes the Wentz loss so so tragic is when it comes down to quarterbacks, if it's Drew Brees or Cam or, or somebody against them in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game, I think that's where it ultimately ends. Also, on a, on another sour note, Wentz probably loses the MVP because of this, and that is just so terrible. Yeah, I think he, especially the way Brady played last night, uh, I definitely think Wentz, if he survived that game and won that game, would have been the overwhelming favorite for MVP, just the way that he was playing and, and what he was doing for this team. Um, it's just, it's just a crucial, crucial blow. And I agree with you. I think it depends on what quarterback they get, but you know, if you, if you get a Matt Ryan or a Drew Brees or a Cam Newton or a Russell Wilson who can put up points, it's going to be tough to ask mm-hmm. Nick Foles to score 30 in, in a playoff game to win. Um, so maybe they can bring Chip Kelly back as a, con- as a consultant just to <laughs> get that, uh, touchdown or in- interception ratio so high up for Nick Foles to, to let him go. Uh, you mentioned MVP. That's our next topic. Um, the NFL MVP this year. And, and the question is, can Antonio Brown actually be the NFL MVP? If there was ever a wide receiver that should be, it's Antonio Brown. And you look at, I mean, obviously sort of the favorites were Carson Wentz and Tom Brady. They're both, I think, out of this conversation now. There's no Aaron Rodgers you, to contend with. you think with. Tom Brady's out of it? I think... I mean, I think rationally and objectively, Tom Brady against Antonio Brown, I think Tom Brady's out of that conversation. Yeah, uh, I think that's very fair. It's tough. Like, in context, you know, is Brady really more valuable than Brown this season? You'd probably lean yes because a quarterback is inherently more valuable than a wide receiver. But then you have to factor in the environment that Tom Brady plays for. Like, he plays for a team that's, that's I think, 14th or 15th in terms of rushing production, and the Steelers are actually less than that, um, uh, surprisingly. Despite Le'Veon Bell, he's just not as efficient as the Patriots running backs are this year, and he plays under the with the greatest coach of all time that helps them helps them win games. They haven't really allowed a team to score 20 or more points in a, in, a, in a lot of time now, apart from last night. And I feel like I think An- Antonio has won them games late. He has, and, and that's sort of my argument for him, is Antonio Brown is a superstar. I don't know that Tom... I mean, Tom Brady's the best quarterback that there is, but I don't know that I would Maybe. say Tom Brady's the best quarterback, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, cause you could make an argument that you'd rather have Aaron Rodgers or whatever, yes. but is there, is there any question that Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in the NFL? No, right? there isn't. There isn't. And, and and he continues to not only live up to that, which is insanely difficult, but to continue to raise the bar. I mean, every time that there is something on the line, it is predictable 
that Ben Roethlisberger will look for him and will find him. I, I mean, he he doesn't yeah. get shut down, and and that's what defines an MVP for me is in big moments when you're needed, you rise, and that's what Antonio Brown does. And and I hate this. I what I hate more than anything is the, the trope of you know Antonio really should win MVP, but he won't. Why? Why not? If he should, then why shouldn't he? Yeah, I I agree with that, and it's kind of funny as well that like he is. He is clearly a superstar, and everyone calls him the best wide receiver, you know, in the league right now. And and some are saying possibly of all time. But it's still crazy because of the way he's because of the way he plays and his height. He's still I don't know. He's still a little bit to me underrated or overlooked because he's not as physical as a DeAndre Hopkins or 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 a Calvin Johnson or a Julio right. Jones or an AJ Green. But do you know what I find funny is you mentioned that. You know, when the game is on the line, you know Big Ben's going to look for him, and teams can't do anything about it. He cannot be stopped. It it, it, it takes a special, special matchup to, and a player and a, and, a, and a total system to to really stop Antonio Brown. And the person that can do that the best is Bill Belichick, and that's coming to a head this week. So this could be a real telling point on the MVP race if Brady has a great game against the Steelers defense, who. By the way, over the last three weeks, it's just faded away into, of course they have, into uh, complete shambles. Um, and Antonio Brown, if he can have a big game against the Pats, he he could definitely think if they if they win this if they win that game, and I don't think they will, but he could be an almost a lock to win to win the MVP. The only knock is the wide receiver has never won the NFL MVP. So since they've handed out the award since 1957. Several running backs have won it. A linebacker's run it. A defensive tackle's won it. Even a kicker has won the award, which is insane. But a receiver has never taken home the hardware. Well, the kicker was the uh, 1982 strike shortened season, so a little, a little bit of a yeah. asterisk, so to speak. But you know what? I, I think to sort of stay on on the Antonio specific part of the conversation, we we both mentioned that Ben Roethlisberger looks for him and finds him. I think what what could win Antonio this, and maybe it's this game in New England or it's in Pittsburgh, the game against New England. We've seen Antonio Brown, not just in general, but in important games, house punt returns to seal a game. And I think that maybe that's what is going to be his sort of MVP moment, if you will, you know, because he is the only receiver that is who he is at the level he is that still returns punts. And he's, again, to your point, he's still kind of underrated. That's crazy. Yeah, it is insane. Um, I, I just, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, the MVP voters just won't vote for wide receiver. It is crazy. Like even I think the last, uh, where are we for a receiver to have received an MVP vote was 1998 when Randy Moss got four, um, and Terrell Davis won the award that year. So if a, if a receiver is going to win the award, this does feel like a really good year for it because there is no clear cut favorite. Um, so it was a pretty, it's a pretty wide open race. I think 2005, Sean Alexander won it with just 19 votes. So that's, that's a, Really, really low vote, and at this point, maybe it could just be like a 22-vote thing where you get a few people choosing Brown, a few people taking Russell Wilson, a few people still taking Carson Wentz, and you just get the you get Antonio Brown pushing over the line over Brady and, and winning this award. He is on pace for 18,500... Sorry, 18,000. That would be huge. Uh, 1,857 <laughs> yards this season. Um, but if he keeps going over the, the last sort of few games or his average over 150 if he over if he averages 163.7 yards per game over the five final three weeks he could hit that 2000 yard mark i think if he hits the 2000 yard mark you can just book it in right yeah i i, I mean i i think so i mean 
and, and you think about it, was it Adrian Peterson that wanted in 2012 when he, he broke 2000? Shouldn't have won. Um, well, I, I mean, I believe me, I know that you believe that, but um, <laughs> I, I mean, th- that's that it took that effort. I mean, think about the year that Peyton had out. Granted, it wasn't his 2013, but that it took literally a Herculean effort like that for yep. a non quarterback to win it. Yep. And I definitely think Manning's season that year is better than what we're seeing out of Brady this year, and, and that wasn't good enough to win MVP. So um, I definitely, I am, I'm pushing Antonio Brown. I think he can do it. Um, their, their schedule, like against the Pats, like he could easily go off for 150. And then the Texans and Browns um, defenses aren't particularly threatening as well. So we could see a scenario where if he is short, we could see a lot of targets go Browns' way in, in week six. Even if the number one seed's locked up, if if he's within reach of that 2,000 yards mark, they've got to go for it, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think I think it's conceivable. And New England sounds pretty pretty difficult, but maybe that Texans game, especially if they're playing for something of meaning, I think that he could rip off 200 yards and really, really put himself within striking distance. I'll say this, though. If it's not him and it's not Brady, who is it? Philip Rivers, Jared baby. Goff? Philip Rivers. <laughs> Get around him. I mean, Woo! it would be great. But I think that I think that third is Jared Goff, which is kind of weird. Well, I think Russell Wilson is definitely up there in terms of what he has to do on, on a given week. Yeah, I mean Russell's certainly an option. Um, but I would, I mean, I don't know. Jared's getting forgotten. Yeah, he is a little bit. It is. It, it's a. It is a, one of the most wide open races in a while. Um, it wasn't until sort of that Monday night effort from from Brady, where he was zero from eleven on third down and had like five point. Two yards per attempt it took him. He threw forty-three times and only had two hundred and twenty-something yards, which is just was a horrible, horrible performance by him. So that that has definitely cracked this this race wide open. I, I would love for Antonio Brown to win it because uh, I just think he's a special, special player. Um, it's just a joy to watch. I think Randy Moss is gonna is still my best receiver of all time to me, but Antonio Brown can really shake things up with an MVP and 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 a few more years like this. He's certainly uh, very special. He's on my fantasy team, so from a personal uh, perspective, he's somebody that I enjoy a lot. Um, but uh, I think that uh, I think that Antonio Brown is uh, is certainly worthy of the most valuable player award. I know if I had a vote, that I would vote for him because I mean, let's face it. I mean, business is booming, and business needs to boom all over the MVP. Yeah, and one last question on this before we move on: who's who would who would you like in terms of seeing a speech? Who do you think would give the best speech? Like, if to see win the MVP, like, what speech or person would you like to hear talk about it? For, for me, it would be Rivers. I, I just think it would be amazing to see Rivers um, accept an MVP award. Um, I'd say that that Rivers is up there. Um, I think this year I'd like to see Case Keenum do it. I think Drew Brees would speak very well, but I'd like to see Case Keenum do it. Who was the was Aaron Rodgers the last person who who was able to give his speech live? Because Cam and Matt Ryan were both in the Super Bowl, um, so so Aaron Rodgers and oh, it wasn't because and in, in he he walked up and told Olivia Munn that he loved her uh, and everything. Wow. That was the last that was the last person to give it, you know, without it being uh, pre-recorded because the NFL Honors is Super Bowl Eve. Yeah, crazy. All right, let's move on to the third one, and there was a few topics we wanted to talk about, but we ha- we have to mention this topic, uh, and the, the the one we were going to talk about is is Blake Bortles actually good. Um, after the last couple of weeks, I just thought the Colts game was a blip in the radar. But to do against Seattle is definitely interesting. But if we see another performance from Blake next week, we'll have to uh, possibly include that in our topic of conversation here. But let's talk some playoff math 
and look at the playoff picture and work out what what the hell is going on because it is it is a little bit of a, a crazy scenario. So um, on the outside looking in, who are the teams like? Because at the moment the Bills are actually the sixth seed in the AFC, um, the Falcons are the sixth seed um, in the NFC, and then you've also got the Panthers, Saints, and Rams, and then the Titans, Chiefs, and Jaguars. Apart from the, the top two from each conference, but who on the outside looking in with the top two seeds mo- least want to face? Do you think? I think the Seahawks are up there. I mean, we mentioned Russell Wilson is uh, certainly, um, you know, a kryptonite of sort for the NFC, appropriately colored, uh, uniform-wise. I, I can't really name an AFC team. I, I really can't. I know you're big on the Chargers, and I'm, belie- I'm big on the Chargers as well, but I don't think anybody's afraid of them. Okay. I definitely think people are afraid of the Seahawks. Yeah, I do think, I, I do think of all the AFC teams, I do think... Um, if you're the Steelers and the Patriots, I, I do think the Jaguars and the Chargers are two teams that you probably don't want to face because you know on a given day that their defense can can really play. And then, you know, Rivers can always win. Like, he's not afraid to go into anywhere and play. I mean, they played the Patriots tough in Foxborough, and they've played at Arrowhead very well. Um, so I do think the Chargers are a team that the AFC don't really want to face. The Ravens are an interesting team as well, given that they've been, you know... Uh, a little bit of an ambushy team in in the wild card round. They've 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 sort of won in Foxborough in the wild card round. They've they've won up in Foxborough before. They're a team that you probably don't want to face, um, just because you you just Jim uh, John Harbour is is a good coach and and can and pull out anything on on a given day. I think so. I mean, the Ravens are, are interesting, and we talked about that Ravens Steelers game last week, and, and and in talking about it, I mean, you could just tell that that's that's what the Ravens do. And the reason I felt confident in the Ravens last week was they always go to Pittsburgh, and Joe Flacco always plays well in Pittsburgh. And in a similar vein, the Ravens just always always put it together in December. That's just who they are. And, and so I I, uh, I certainly agree that the Ravens are a team that um that I, I would be cautious about, but I don't know that I'm, I'd be afraid of them. Yep. Um, two other teams in the NFC, and we'll, we'll talk about them now individually, uh, the Packers and the Cowboys uh, still alive in the race given their performances in Week 14. So can, the, can Rodgers lead the Packers to playoff glory? Um, you just shared something with me smartly because I wasn't 100% sure that he'd been cleared, but you shared me an Instagram post from Aaron Rodgers saying that he has been medically cleared. He has. Uh, he's been medically cleared, and he had to let us know because he's a narcissist. Um, but uh, <laughs> And um, I tell you what, look, as a Cowboys fan, I am rooting so hard for him. And, and I explained this on Ocho Live because it would serve the Cowboys well if Aaron beat the Panthers this weekend. It really would. However, that is such a dangerous thing. You know, it's it's like breathing life into the evil spirit, you know, and and, and giving it a little bit of, of uh, momentum, which is a terrifying thing. Yeah, but it's a necessary evil right now. That's kind of where we are. I am. I am honestly so afraid. Uh, that's the I would be terrified uh, to face them at any point. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh... It's a quarterback you never ever want to face. I think he's just on his given day, and you know that firsthand on what what he can achieve. Um, they play at Carolina and the Vikings, so those two teams are currently in the playoff picture. Um, the Vikings pretty much have sealed a, a playoff spot, um, but it it's the first two games here that we'll know we'll know whether they can finish in the mix. But there's just a, so a lot of 
results need to go their way um, with the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints all playing. But a heads-up win on the road against Carolina. It's a tough defense to face in your first game back. But do you think they can win uh, one, two of those games? They pretty much need to win out to, to make it through. Well, I mean, the Panthers are a tough draw at this point. I mean, Cam's kind of settling in and, and getting ready for a run. So, I mean, I think that's a great game. I, I really do. But the week after, and that's – I kind of honestly don't want to see Minnesota clinch. As an NFL fan, as a Cowboys fan, clinch, please, God, because we really don't need a motivated Aaron Rodgers. But I would – I'm interested to see if Aaron can beat these Vikings. And I think that that would be interesting. In fact, I wish that he was coming back for that game because it would be way more poetic considering that was the team that he was knocked out against, yeah. um, et cetera. That, I think – and that's at Lambeau. I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm, he's going to have 400 yards. He's, I really know. I know that right now. Aaron's going to have 400 yards and beat the Vikings, and it's just going to make me sick. <laughs> So this this Carolina game, and we'll, we'll preview it shortly on our picks. But um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting scenario. Down, you know, twenty one seven against the Browns to come back and and win that game. But when your team's struggling against the Browns, are you good enough, even with Aaron Rodgers, to 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 beat a Panthers team on the road with your, your quarterback coming back from a, a severe shoulder and collarbone injury? Um, that'll be the question. The third one is the the Cowboys here. Can Zeke lead the pl- the Cowboys to playoff uh, glory? So. They're seven and six on the season. One more game to play without uh, Elliot. So the Cowboys' playoff hopes are alive. But it, it, again, the schedule here, um, apart from the Raiders this week, Seahawks, Eagles, two playoff teams. Pretty much you need to beat. Um, so from next week, kind of your playoffs. I tell you what. I mean, it's possible. It is. It is possible, but it is pretty difficult. Um, and the Cowboys need a lot of help. They've been needing a lot of help. They've gotten some. Um, and some of it involves Aaron Rodgers, uh, obviously over the next few weeks, but Cowboys need a lot of teams to lose and they obviously need to win out. I've, I've said this before. I actually think it's more likely that they win out than that they get the help that they need just because it, it just seems so difficult. But you look at it, these next three games, I mean, you get the Raiders who've kind of quit and then you've got the Seahawks, which sounds scary, but you get Zeke, and so that's a way different thing. Yep. And then you get an Eagles team that is probably going to have nothing to play for. And so who's playing quarterback for the Eagles in that game if Nick Foles is your starter? I mean, yeah. you know, and Nate so Sudfield? Yeah, and so I think that you can very fairly easily pick up these three wins. It's just a matter of if you're gonna get that help. Yeah. Finishing ten and six and missing the playoffs, that's that's a real kick in the groin. It would be difficult. I mean, certainly. But the kick in the groin was Aaron Rodgers finding Devontae Adams back in October. The kick in the groin was not beating the Rams. I mean, the kick in the groin was Chaz Green up against the Atlanta Falcons. If the Cowboys go 10-6 and six and miss the playoffs, I mean, it, it will have been those games that, that were ultimately their undoing. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so let's move on to the last one here and looking at the playoff picture on the AFC side. The NFC is very, very murky, but we've still got the Ravens and, and Chargers uh, battling for, for spots here. The Chargers obviously play the Chiefs, and we'll, we'll preview that game, but a, a win by the Chargers in the uh, in Arrowhead will pretty much project them ahead of the Chiefs um, in that fourth playoff spot. But I could see a scenario where uh, the Ravens and Chargers both make the playoffs. The Ravens have an easy schedule coming in at the Browns, Colts, and Bengals t- to remain. So they can finish 10-6. and six. Um, even if the Chargers lose this game, they could still beat the Jets and Raiders and finish 9-7. and seven. So I'm looking here at the Titans 
final three games. They're eight and five at the moment. They play at the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I'm going to say this right mm. now, he's the best quarterback in in the uh, in that area right now. He's he is better than Derek Carr right now. Um, I'm calling it already. Um, they're, they're, they're saucy now with Jimmy G. Um, they're actually favorites, the 49ers, in this game um, at home. Then they play the Rams, who, if they lose to the Seahawks this week, are actually not winning that division somehow because of the tiebreakers um, and all that sort of stuff. So they need to keep winning because there's a scenario where they could miss the playoffs, uh, which is kind of crazy the way that they've been, but that's how hectic the the NFC is. So they play the Rams, and then they play the Jags. Um, so the Jags might already have the, the division won but by that point, but it might not be still out of the question. So, you know, they could lose a game or drop a game um, and, and have to win that game. I could see the Titans finishing... Eight and eight, and missing the playoffs entirely. Am I crazy? I don't think that's crazy at all. In fact, as an NFL fan, I kind of want that to happen. I mean, you mentioned the Ravens and charge. They stink. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Titans. It's it's funny considering the twenty fifth in NFL draft, but the Titans are the Buccaneers with just a little bit more shine. You know, they're they're a team that's supposed to have a lot of promise and potential and and delivery that ultimately doesn't. And the Titans is a little bit more explainable than the Buccaneers, and they're both poorly coached. But I mean, the point is is that I mean, you you asked which AFC teams I guess would be afraid of. If I had to pick two that are sort of on the outside looking in, it's definitely the Ravens and the Chargers. And you mentioned it. We've seen both of these teams have successes against New England. We've seen both of these teams have successes against your boy. We've seen both of these teams do it on high levels. And I want a competitive field. The last thing I want, look, if Tom Brady's going to go win number six in Minnesota, hey, all the power in the world to him. But I want to see him earn it. Yeah. I don't want the the Titans to stroll into New England in the divisional round and go get massacred a la the Tebow Broncos, a la the Luck Colts in uh, 2013. Sorry yeah. about that. No, that's um, we a bad la, team. A, a la anybody of that regard. I mean, and that's what's going to happen. Or the Hoyas yeah, Texans, exactly. whoever it was. Just... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, at this point, it's really – I mean, it's – it's Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jalen Ramsey. That's who the AFC is at this point. Yep. So you know what? Let's get Phil Rivers in there. Let's get the Ravens in there because I – it's not that I don't believe the Titans can do this. I know the Titans can't do this. I told you last week they were going to find a way to cripple against Bruce Arians and give him all the more reputation in the world because he beat an eight-win an eight win team. It's so stupid and predictable. The Titans, don't, don't let them anywhere near the playoffs. Yeah. Hell, I'd even take Jake Cutler in there over the Titans right now, the way that he played uh, last night uh, and the way Kenyon Drake and Jakeem Grant and their run defense played. They would at least, if they played that way every week, would be far more entertaining than the Titans. Absolutely. I mean, there are – I could name a lot of teams. I'd rather I'd rather see the 49ers in that spot. I know it's impossible, but that's who I'd rather – I'd rather see the Browns. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the Browns are entertaining. Yeah. The Browns are entertaining, and they they have a player in Josh Gordon who can do special things. Yeah. Nobody on the Titans can do special things. Yeah, even the uh, if Josh McCown was still with the Jets, but just poor Josh McCown. Uh, that, mm. that press conference with him crying, so many feels, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Super Bowl picks. We were going to Disneyland. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Super Bowl picks time. This is the third straight week 
where you're tipping uh, your Super Bowl pick, updated picks. Um, the Eagles taking a blow now, which will change things up a little bit. The, the, Pat, the Pats losing, maybe that might change things up a little bit. Who you got um, as your third uh, consecutive week uh, picking a Super Bowl game? Well, so I went Pats, Saints, and then I went Eagles, Steelers. Yep. Um, so what are the rules here? Can I... I can't go Eagles Steelers out. Can I go back to the Pats and Saints? You can go back to the Pats and Saints if you want. Um, but, you know, if you want to mix it up, that way you can at least say, look, I predicted it back here on this date. Right. That's, that's okay. the whole idea here. Uh, eventually one of us will get these right and we'll look like an oracle because we'll just take this whole thing out of context, cut up the clip, and we're like, I wow, t- these guys, you know, <laughs> geniuses. I tell you what. I tell you what. For, uh, for the archive's sake, I will take Sean McVay. <laughs> on on the NFC side, I'll take the Rams. Yep. By the way, the Rams really settled into the awkward uniform. They really found a way to make it work. Yep. You know, it was really bad early on. <laughs> um, but I will say that you know the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. I mean, because they're they're still in there. You know what I mean? They're still buried under this. Yep. And if if the team from early on in the season, Kareem Hunt finally scored last week, if they can just, I mean, they have managed to stay alive despite their own ineptitude. If they can just dust everything off and kind of re uh, recalibrate, well, hey, let's party. Let's do this thing, Chiefs. Mm. All right. Interesting. Um, I'm going with the Patriots and the Panthers. Um I feel like Cam Newton's starting to heat up a little bit, going to run a little bit of Super Cam action. Um, he had that big, big run last week, and he's starting to be a little bit quietly consistent. I know he still misses some routine throws and has his Cam issues, but you know what? You know who also missed a lot of routine throws and had a lot of wow plays? Carson Wentz. Um, you know he he missed on a lot of on a lot of easy you know passes and things like that. Cam Newton has that, but then he also has these amazing plays. Um, in the pocket and then outside of the pocket, where he can make things work, and their defenses did a pretty good job in terms of uh, in terms of shutting down the Vikings. Um, you know, to a degree, it's tough to shut down Adam Thielen for a whole game, but they managed to do it for a lot of that game. So I don't know. I think the Panthers could go on a run. I think Cam Newton could go on a run here, um, and they've got the roster that's good enough to to win a few playoff games now in an Eagleless or, or a Carson Wentzless uh, NFC. Mm, Wentzless. That's yeah. not. It's, by the way, Wentz is is still not fun to say. It's it hurts to yeah. say actually. Yeah, it's so. it, it is tough to say. All right, uh, pre snaps picks time. Pre snap picks. All right, pre snap picks time. Week fifteen. Here we go. It, it is pretty much a lot of make or break games here for for some teams, and we'll start with the Thursday night football where it has zero impact. Um, so we'll be Two seconds on this. Um, if only the NFL could uh, either just cancel this game or, or sub someone else into it. But here we are, Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts. No Peyton Manning, no Andrew Luck. This game's just a lackluster affair. It's pretty amazing how quickly this uh, this matchup soured. I mean, once upon a time, you know, this would have been glorious. I'll take the Colts. Um, and I think uh, Lucas Oil looks great at night in primetime. So I'll enjoy that. Yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy that as well. But I won't enjoy um, – I'm going to be having uh, – I've got a Christmas party tonight, but then um, my team at work, we have our own little Christmas drinks on Friday, so we'll be going to a pub and this game will be on. So um, if my team gets hammered, um, I'm going to cop it, but that's that's fine. It's all part of the uh, the workplace environment. I'm going to take the Broncos because I want the Colts to keep losing um, because I'm chub for chub right now, and I want uh, I want chub on my team next year, um, and a, a good pass rusher. So I'm going to take the Broncos, 
and the Colts. If the 49ers and Bears can keep winning, um, that would be great as well, and we could secure maybe a top two pick. Not going to happen, though, unfortunately. But, by the way, are the Colts going all blue for the color rush? Because that's going to be weird, if so. Yeah, I like the all-white. I don't know. The all-white is... The Saints all-white jersey last week was just straight fire. I, I love that uniform. Last, yeah. Both those uniforms last week were good. It really was. And I like the Broncos color rush, specifically because they go with the throwback D on the helmet. But if the Colts are going with an all-blue, I'm really not going to like that. I'm going to just Google it now. Um, it looks like... Um, and I'm clicking on the Indianapolis Star uh, here, but it's going to be a video, so I apologize. It looks like an all blue jersey oh god oh that's uh, so blue pants because the colts only wear white pants yeah i yeah it looks all blue actually it doesn't look that bad so maybe i don't know wait to see it in person look the the color rush is hit and miss but i feel like it's more hit than miss i'll take the hits more than the misses I, i can deal with some banana skin sort of um jerseys the yellows and stuff like that when you can get some straight fire like white ones and and all black and things like that i'll i'll handle that Eh, I'm right. good. You're good? You don't like Color Rush? I liked it, but see, I just Googled it myself. What's stupid about it is this: that's the same Colts blue jersey. That's yeah. not a different jersey. It's the same thing. The only difference is blue pants. What's your What's your favorite jersey in the NFL? Non-Cowboys? Yeah. Because that's, you know, if I had to go non-Cowboys, see, like, that's a difficult thing. Because if you're talking about just the jersey itself, that's one question. And if, if you're talking about, like, the whole ensemble, that's another question. I think if I had to pick a favorite, I mean, man, it's um, it, it's tough to beat the Packers. And it's tough to beat the Bears. It's tough to beat the Steelers. Those are the three best overall looks. And yeah. I, I will say, but from a, a newer generation, I love the Ravens all black. Yeah. I love the Ravens all black. I, I really like the, the dark blue Chargers one that they have. Um, the navy? Gross. No, it's like a it's like a bright it's not the light blue, but it's like a it's not navy though. It's like a brighter blue, but it's like still darker than the their light jersey. I I, I, no. I like it. I dig it. All right. You know. I should mention the the Raiders probably have the best total ensemble. I mean head to toe, yeah. it's incredible. Think- and it'll look so good in Vegas. I think I might be a Chargers fan now. I don't know. I keep talking about the Chargers a lot. I just, with Andrew Luck gone, I just enjoyed watching them a lot this year. I don't know what's going on with me. I, I, I might need a counseling there's, session later, uh, RJ. There, there's a sneaky Colts-Chargers tie. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it was the Antonio Cromartie interception, the one-handed one off Peyton circa two, was 2007, I think. That kind of, I feel like in that moment, there was a relationship forged. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they did beat us in that. Yeah. Anyway, now you're making me hate them, so that's cool. Uh, Chicago Bears, <laughs> Detroit Lions, another game that has pretty much. Oh, look, the Lions are still in it, but let's be honest, they're not in it. Um, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions. Um, I'll take the Lions at home, but um, Trubisky played his probably best game as as an NFL player uh, last week in a game that I didn't think they were going to win by that margin, but uh, they managed to do so. They almost beat this team. Uh, back on what was it, November nineteenth, and I think that we're going to see the Bears do it. I mean, they they were knocking on the door. I think they're going to do it because the the Lions want so badly why to fall out of this playoff race. They want nothing more than to do it. And what better way to do it than uh, than to give John Fox a little bit of credit? And uh, there's some talk. Jim Caldwell, despite getting an extension like six weeks ago, um, his job's not safe, which uh, is a little bit crazy to me. But there we are. Like it. 
his extension's not really a, it was more of like a a yearly thing so they can still get rid of him for a minimal impact exactly uh now this is a game that has a lot of impact a division on the line here um second straight week for the chiefs with the division on the line um the 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 Raiders were terrible, but the Chargers, they've been on a real hot streak of late, and they travel to Arrowhead, where last year they led like by 20 points and lost in this season opener in true Chargers fashion. But this isn't the same old Chargers team that we've expected um, in losing games late and blowing lead. This this is a team from top to bottom in, in the roster that, that has some difference makers, and uh, I think they can go in and, and, beat the, and beat the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the all-time favorite team of my friend Josh Y, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> um, I'm keen to see uh, this pass rush. Um, that they've been on a little bit of a streak of late. I think I can't, I can't remember what it is, but Bosa is um, in. I, I can't think who tweeted it out. I think it might have been Pro Football Reference tweeted it out. He's in a rare group in terms of um, sack percentage per play. He's up there with Yvonne Miller's and Aldon Smiths of, of late. So. Um, he's a truly special player at this point. Uh, look, the Chiefs, they they had a lot more offense last week, settled for more field goals than you would have liked. They did. And while I, I did just pick them to go to the Super Bowl, the, the, the final piece here to, to their collapse is a, is a home loss. This is, this is a Saturday game, right? Uh, yeah, it's a Sunday I think it's a Saturday night game, if I'm correct, uh, yep. in terms of, you know, uh, so prime time, if you will. It, that's the final piece is a Chiefs collapse at home at Arrowhead, the home of the Chiefs and all this jazz. That's the final piece to the collapsing puzzle. Yeah, I, I can see it happening. And I, I love that we have Sunday football here um, in, in Australia. So it's good. The, the rare weeks where we have some Saturday games in the States, it's Sunday here. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, moving on, the Cardinals Redskins. Redskins are starting to shut down. Um, a lot of their players for the season after being ruled out, they're they're really banged up and, and carrying a lot of injuries. So the Redskins, uh, they've put Jordan Reed on IR. The Cardinals, technic- technically still in the hunt, surprisingly, but uh, just nowhere near close to being the caliber of the other teams that are in the hunt. But I'll take the Cardinals. Uh, look, I still think Kirk Cousins has been quite, uh, I can't think of the word, uh, honorable, I guess, in defeats uh, recently. I think he's proved his worth, but... Um, yeah, I'll take the Cardinals. Kirk is the uh, the captain, no pun intended, that goes down with the ship. I think we're, we're learning that uh, this particular season. And I tell you what, this is the game where Kirk distances himself from the Redskins. Why? <laughs> because the Arizona Cardinals are poorly coached. They're overrated. They're a bad team. And I think it's time to say that their secondary is not who it once was. Patrick Peterson, Honey Badger, etc. They're very, very, very beatable. And so... I think this is the game where Kirk Cousins just blows up. I, I think this is a, a weird sort of outlier, maybe a good DraftKings play. I think he has like 400 yards, and I think everybody says, oh my gosh, Kirk Cousins, and this is where the Redskins lose him because Bruce Arians kind of sucks. Ironically, could lose him to the Cardinals next season. be amazing. That would be quite funny. Um, we've seen teams do that. They've been smashed by a player, and then next offseason – they remember that that smashing so vividly that they signed that player. So could be something worth worth monitoring. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns here. Ravens have got to keep winning after blowing that uh, late lead in primetime um, against the Steelers. Uh, you know, a, a really 
really tough, hard loss, but they played very well. Uh, their offense, you've got you've got to be happy with the performance of Alex Collins of late. The Irish, the Irish dancing Alex Collins. Flacco's been hit and miss, but at least he's starting to throw the ball a little bit better. I think. He, look, he did have a back injury and he hasn't been great for a few years, but the last couple of weeks they've showed a stronger offensive showing. Um, they should knock off the Browns here, right? They should. There's no way that, you know. Although I will say, I mean, Brandon Carr did not have a great day against no. Antonio Brown. Um, and I think Josh Gordon has a little bit of fun. But, yeah, this this will be over fairly soon. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to double down. I picked oh. them last week. Um, they let me down. I'm going to double Brown. I'm going to double Brown down going to take the Browns here to upset the Ravens uh, as much as I want the Ravens in the playoffs as opposed to the Titans and the Bills um, I, I don't know the, the Browns have got to win a game here so um, I've got to get one right they, they can't go 0-16 surely I do think it's amazing that the 0-16 thing because it is possible I mean it's only been nine years since the Lions did it you know it, it's such a an aberration type thing so yet here do. we are yeah, and, and it hasn't even been a decade. Yeah. That's crazy when you really think about it. We didn't mention in the tidbits, but um, Sashi Brown gone and John Dorsey in. I find that a little bit funny. Um, I thought Sashi Brown did an okay job as a non-football guy in terms of being a, a, a GM. Um, surprisingly, not too bad. Look, he acquired a lot of picks. And look, everyone's going to talk about passing on Wentz and to Sean Watson, but it's easy to say, oh, yeah, you pass on those players, but would they be the same players that they are in Cleveland as opposed to in Philly or or in Houston? I'm not sure. And the players that they ended up drafting, most of them have actually been solid players. I have a bigger problem with Hugh Jackson. I think he's blown a lot of games for them, especially last week late um, up um, 21-7, to and they didn't target Gordon, Njoku, or Coleman very much at all in the second half. I agree completely, and I feel like nobody's really talked about this, but they have put an enormously unfair amount of pressure on whoever they do anoint their rookie first-round top-of-the-draft quarterback. That young man is – whoever it is, I mean, whether it's you know Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, whatever you want it to be, that is – I mean, I I think it was last year. uh, It's position to play in sports. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but you look at it, you have, he has to be better than Deshaun Watson. He has to be better than Carson Wentz. Is that not fair to say? And, and so that is just, I mean, he, he is sort of the final piece to their process. And if he's not, I mean, how many millions of dollars are lost? That's a crazy amount of pressure to put on a 22 year old kid. Yeah, it, it is tough. I, I do not envy anyone who has to step in and be the, 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 the next Browns quarterback. Um, that's always tough. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Minnesota Vikings. The Bengals, um, they're just going through the motions at this point. Um, despite playing the, the Steelers tough a fortnight ago, losing to the Bears embarrassingly. Um, Andy Dalton was benched late down double digits. Vikings won't want to bounce back after that uh, loss. Close loss. They're, they're in it right until the end against the Panthers, but I think the Vikings will win here at home. They're a much better team at home. I think so. I told you last week the Bears were going to beat these Bengals, you're, and you're uh, right. and the and the Vikings going to do so just the same. Yeah, well, I haven't checked um, last week's tips, but I think you did a, have a stellar week, RJ. So good job by you. I, All right, Packers Panthers. This is one of the games of the week. Um, probably be overshadowed by Patriots Steelers. That game will get talked up a, a mozza all week, but this game I think has a lot more on the line in terms of for the Packers um, to get the uh, run the table wheels in motion and the Panthers. Um, they need to keep winning because this, despite being nine and four, I can I, I did some stuff earlier. They they could 
lose a couple of these games and the, the Falcons and Saints keep winning, um, and the Panthers, if if they do lose to the Packers, could actually lose that last playoff spot to the Packers or to the Cowboys. Let's yes. let's uh, let's live in that hypothetical for a second. The Packers are going to win. Why? The Packers are going to win. Aaron Rodgers told everyone to relax. He ran the table, and then he went and got cryogenically frozen for eight weeks or whatever it was. And he's going to come back and he's going to win this game. You and I both know that. I'm tipping the Panthers, though. I feel like okay. I feel okay. like they're, Temp, I feel like... tempt Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead. Yeah, I will. I, I love Aaron Rodgers. You know I love Aaron Rodgers. You know I love everything about Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. The Panthers team, they're they're a fun team. They're they're strong defensively. James Bradbury, Darrell Wally look good in terms of their corners. Cam's balling right now. I don't trust the Packers defense whatsoever. Um and I want to see how Aaron Rodgers how how good he is! It might take a quarter to warm up. That's that's all I'm saying. You might not get a, if the, the the best Aaron Rodgers for four quarters. That's all I'm saying. If if the Packers starting cornerbacks were you and I, I am taking Aaron Rodgers a hundred out of a hundred times. <laughs> all right, I'm taking the if it was at Lambeau, 100 percent taking the Packers. Uh, but on the road, a little bit different story here. Um, I think I think it'll be a very close game. It, it is a real coin flip of a game now that Aaron Rodgers is is playing. Um, if, if it was Hunley, the Panthers would be seven, seven, eight-point favorites at this point. Um, all right, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jags, just an absolute buzz, buzzsaw. Uh, I think, what are they, Saxonville now just racking it up. And someone someone called them Swaguars, I think, earlier. I that was know. Elliot Harrison. I saw it was, it was amazing. It was Swaguars. That's amazing. That's a great, and that was a little bit of a chaotic game. We didn't even mention... That whole thing about uh, Quentin Jefferson trying to fight a fan after the game and then that despicable act by Michael Bennett that somehow escaped suspension. Look, I, I like Michael Bennett, but I don't like him doing stuff like that, and he's very hypocritical given some of the stuff that he's often said about uh, player safety and things like that. I do like that he speaks openly and, and freely, but um, it's obviously come back to haunt him now um, given what he did at the end of that game. Well, he did this as in his first game as the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee on Which the Seattle Seahawks. Crazy, it that's is. Crazy. I mean, he's that's insane. The NFL made it a point to honor these players with uh, the Darth silhouette of the yeah the the silhouette <laughs> of the award on their helmets on as decals if they are nominees. And so he's literally rolling at ankles uh, while wearing the award that personifies excellence and community off off the field. Um, He's, I mean, he he might be my least favorite player in the NFL. I I think that's fair. It it, it was not great. It's up there in terms of Gronk level of just just terrible terrible hits because you could tear someone's ACL and season over on, on on a kneel down play that. That's just that's disgusting. But it's I don't want to say it's worse than Gronk. I mean I know we both feel passionately about that, but yeah. what what Gronk did while while horrible was was strike one. I mean in that capacity against Gronk, and and it's yeah. it's easy to buy that it was a an out of character moment, a brain for snap, yeah. Right, but this we've seen this from Michael Bennett. I, in, instantly, we all thought of Super Bowl Forty Nine, hmm. and right after the Malcolm Butler pick, when those the Seahawks cannot handle losing, and 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 I admire that to a degree. Like, oh yeah, you detest losing. You're that you know you're that competitive, whatever. But you, at some point, you have to be mature and adult, and and the Seahawks aren't. And that's the other problem with with Michael Bennett is that it is a, a culture within that team. It's not isolated to just him. They are all like that. 
Yeah, and look, the Jaguars fans throwing beers and and things at players. I feel like I want to say, and I think Laurie Horish tweeted this out. I thought it was very clever. I'd say, you know, act like you've been there before, but it's been a while since the Jags have been as good as they are. Uh, I think that that's very true. Laurie, uh, well, well well said there. I mean, the the Jaguars literally have no idea how to handle this. They they're just they're on top of the world yeah. and they're just they're going to live nothing's, their life. It's 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 their world. We're all just living it. Yeah, nothing's breaking their stride at the moment. And I do love a lot of uh Seattle fans complaining about the about Jaguars fans on Twitter, not at, just at the stadium, just in terms of on Twitter and the way they're carrying on. They have very short memories because Seattle, when they first came to prominence on the back of an amazing defense like we're seeing in Jacksonville, were very, very similar in terms of their behavior and their confidence and their and their hubris on uh, on social media. Yeah, they, they was all about the twelves and and everything and and whatever. And I think it was actually Michael Bennett that back in the summer had some sort of quote about you know, winning close games. And then he said, well, except for the Jaguars, you, you go to Jacksonville, you win by 50. Yeah. And they just, you know, they got humbled and they can't take it. Yeah. And so in, on the back of all of that, it's pretty evident that we're going to take the Jaguars. Is Jalen Ramsey defensive player of the year? Oh my gosh. Yes. He yeah. is. Abs- he is so awesome. And coming from you uh, being a, a Cowboys fan, that, that takes a lot because Demarcus Lawrence is having a stellar season, but yeah, Jalen is just unbelievable. Uh, otherworldly. World, uh, otherworldly right now. Did I stutter? Well, he's uh, again. It's their world, and we're living in it. And uh, except for Jalen Rams, he's not. Yeah. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills. Surprisingly, um, actually, a relevant game. Here we are in Week 15 in 2017. Because um, with a win here, the Dolphins move to seven and seven. The Bills will move to seven and seven, and then the Dolphins will have the uh, tiebreaker over the Bills. So. Um, in a scenario where the Titans, Ravens, and Chargers all lose, the Dolphins could be potentially a playoff team um, at, at this point in the season. But uh, the Bills, obviously, a much better team at home. We're not sure whether Tyrod Taylor will be playing or whether it will be Nathan Peterman. We're not sure whether there'll be a huge amount of heavy snow again this week. Um, that that could change the whole fabric of the game again in itself. But um, back of the the way the Dolphins played, you can't tip against them. But it would be very Jay Cutler and the Dolphins for them to just lay an egg a week later after showing so much. It just seems evident, and that's what that's what will happen. I tell you what, I'm going to take the Dolphins, and I think that we have not appropriately credited Adam Gase hmm. and what he's done. I mean, two years, two trips to the playoffs potentially uh, if they pull it off this year. He's done it all with Ryan Tannehill, Matt Moore, and Jay Cutler as his quarterbacks. He traded away what was inarguably his brightest offensive star in that entire stretch in Jay Ajayi because he didn't fit with what they wanted to do. Because remember, they didn't even take him to Seattle in week one last year. I mean, Adam Gase has and, – and on top of that, he lost his defensive coordinator. I mean, that's <laughs> Forgot pretty about that. remarkable he was at what Buffalo. Adam Gase has done. <laughs> in the white yeah, powder. I, I just think um, – I think that Adam Gase is, is quite – the head coach, and, and I don't think he gets the credit because the Dolphins are, are you know, whatever. They're the Dolphins, and, and they're not going to be anything special. But I think, you know, if they move on from Tannehill, from whoever, I think when, when Adam Gase gets some solid footing, I think we all need to watch out for Miami. Hmm. I agree with that. Uh, I'm also taking the Dolphins, but as I said, it wouldn't surprise me. Either way, the New York Jets, New Orleans Saints, this game's as lopsided as they come with no Josh McCowan, Bryce Petty at the helm. Pretty evident there that we'll take the Saints 
um, at home in the Superdome. Um, the Eagles and Giants as well. Now, this game suddenly is a lot more interesting. But look, the Giants were at least competitive for for a quarter and a half in a lot of these games. But ultimately, the Cowboys got the upper hand and, and just ran straight through them and, and, and uh, sort of went over the top of them. I think the Eagles can do the same even with Nick Foles at quarterback. I agree. I mean, I do think at some point the Giants are going to squeak one of these out. Um, but week 17 against Washington seems to be uh, the opportunity for that. The yeah. Eagles can get this win. They're, they're emotionally charged. Yeah, definitely. I think they have a point to prove. And, and uh, their, their coaching staff, I think, is level-headed enough to know the situation that they're in and, and what they need to achieve. So, uh, All right, Rams, Seahawks, another blockbuster game here. Oh, this Week 15 slate is just lit right now. Uh, Rams, Seahawks, Seattle win this. They they lead the division somehow after everything that's happened um, this season. Um, the Rams they managed to lose ugly to the Seahawks at home earlier on this year, but they're, they've been a very competitive team. Todd Gurley um, has been in some MVP conversations, um, and Jared Goff, who you mentioned earlier, and then Russell Wilson obviously having a, a, a standout year in terms of the percentage of uh, points that he's putting forward for his team in terms of offensive output. It's uh, it's crazy, crazy, crazy high numbers. I think I think this is the Rams to lose. And I'm going to take the Rams just because there's there's some level of tension within the Seahawks because, you know, that, that disposition, when, when things aren't going their way, things break. And I think that they're going to break in a big way against the Rams. Hmm. I'm going to take the Seahawks just because it is at home. Um, that's the only thing, but teams have won in there. We've seen it this year, so it's not quite the fortress it used to be. But I'm here for the narrative. If these two teams are tied and with a couple of weeks to go and, and makes the NFC a lot murkier and a lot more interesting, so I, uh, I'll i take the Seahawks. I, look, I'd still love to see the Rams win because I'm really happy for Jared Goff and Sean McVay in the year that they're having. Uh, but this game is a should be a, should be a classic, the afternoon slate. Um, looks great. I still don't understand how either the Rams, Seahawks, or Patriots, Steelers is not flexed into prime time. My apologies, RJ, but I just don't want to watch the the Raiders in prime time. But the other game in that afternoon slate, the Patriots and Steelers game, it's in Pittsburgh. Um, the Patriots lost obviously to the Dolphins. In saying all that, the Pats will win by double digits. I mean, I understand if you feel that way, and I'm not going to fault you for it. And I certainly believe that. The um, the Patriots are a well-capable team, but I just really believe the Steelers are going to do this. And I really believe it's going to happen for two reasons. One, the Steelers have been insanely impressive, and they're emotionally charged off the Ryan Chazier thing and everything. But it has to be at a point, because 2017 has been so stupid and so weird in so many ways, where the Jacksonville Jaguars and New England Patriots in the middle of December have the same number of wins and we talk about how the Jaguars could get a bye instead of the Patriots. <laughs> I'm here for that next week, this time next week, if that, that is the case. But um, the the, pay, the Pats losing to the Dolphins on uh, Monday Night Football just means they get a better price on the Pats to win by double digits. They always beat the Steelers. <laughs> the, the Steelers' defense doesn't match up well with the offense that the Pats run. All the passes to running backs and all that, especially now without Shazier, Shazier sorry, that they can just... Dump it off to the running backs all day and just go and just kick it outside and just pick up first downs with ease, um, and that's just the offense that that Brady likes to run—just tiny little dump offs to running backs and and screens—and that's where he flourishes. So I think that's gonna just help them. And uh, the Pats bend on defense; they don't break. So it'll take a, a game breaker like Antonio Brown to have an MVP performance for 
them to have any hope, but I'll, I'll take the Pats. Uh, Titans 49ers, we, we talked about this earlier. I don't think the Titans win another game. Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. looks legit. Um, look, if Brady hits the wall next season um, in the cliff, I know he doesn't look like he's going to hit it anytime soon, but he had a few plays where he looked a little bit old and tired on Monday Night Football. Maybe he just doesn't handle humidity well. That's, that could be a, a legit conversation here. Everyone talked about Manning playing in outdoors in the winter. What about uh, you know Brady down in the summer and in, in heat? Um, but it it... it could be a a move that they regret because Jimmy G looks everything like the real deal. He looks fantastic. And if anyone has, you know, cause for optimism in the offseason at San Francisco, I can't believe the amazing job that John Lynch has done. Um, I'll take the 49ers and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think they'll win. I think they'll be in control of that game. Could John Lynch be a Hall of Fame uh, executive and player? <laughs> well, he's got to get in as a player first. Yeah, true. Uh, before uh, you know any of that happens, <laughs> we'll wait and see. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Oakland Raiders. Uh, this is a very easy game for me. The Cowboys are, are are a good team. They're a decent team. The Raiders stink, and Jack Del Rio, I think, will get fired on Black Monday um, at this point because they are just pathetic. They really are. Derek Carr is arguably the most overrated player in yeah. the NFL. Sure I think. Good? Yeah, I mean, I think that Derek Carr is is pretty overrated. They they managed to pull things off once in a blue moon, which is interesting. Um, this is a scary game for the Cowboys, obviously. Um, it's their last primetime game of the year for now. Um, I'll be at this game. Uh, my dad and I are traveling to Oakland. We do a road game every year, uh, and oh, I'm fun. excited. Just I, I'm excited to see Oakland, given that um, you know they won't be there. Um, I'm a big uh, NFL historian, so that was why I, I sort of really wanted to do this. Um, so I'm excited to see the black hole seed in prime time uh, and hopefully get a win. Um, last year we went to Pittsburgh, so that was great. Um, hoping to repeat that level of success, but I'll yep. take the Cowboys. Yeah, very easy. And Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'll take the Falcons. Um, they're playing playing well right now. Deion Jones is he's having a fantastic season. Had that amazing interception to end the game against the Saints. Um, and uh, the the Buccaneers look, they're okay. They're not as bad as the Raiders, but um, you know they've they've got a lot of work to do this off season. I'll say I'm going to take the Falcons, um, but I'm rooting for the Buccaneers as a Cowboys fan. And I'll also say. As, a, as somewhat of a bold prediction, at some point um, in the pregame, ESPN will do a feature on the pirate ship at the stadium. That is so predictable. We're going to get that, just okay. so we all know. <laughs> it was better than watching Tom Brady warm up for 40 minutes last night. That was all I had on that game because there was no one of the Dolphins worth talking about, apparently. Um, all right, that's week 15. Before we wrap things up, RJ, please plug anything because you've been a massive help for us over the last three weeks and um, I'm able to record early and head to a Christmas party tonight. So I'm very thankful for your presence. Uh, well, I mean, you can uh, always find me on Twitter. I'm at RJ Ochoa. You can watch Ocho live every day on Do the, my Twitter, my, my Periscope or the blog on the boys, Facebook live feed. You can read me at blog on You can read me at ESPN uh, And occasionally you can uh, catch me hanging out with my good pal. Y on the Wooten Y show. Yeah. Definitely recommend that and follow him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Please uh, listen out for our other episodes this week, The Punt Return and uh, DFS Down Under. And we'll be back next week talking all things NFL and uh, hopefully some uh, more teams in the playoffs. 
Thanks for listening to another installment of the Wooten Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootenY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at Woot and Y.